Well, it is so great to see all of you. Welcome to Pathway. I'm glad to add my welcome to those that you've been given by other people, whether you are with us live in the live auditorium or you might be checking this out online. Welcome to those of you who might be at your home or traveling in a way somewhere or even literally around the world. People are, are tuning in, which is fantastic. Maybe in our classic service and our moon campus, wherever you're tuned in, we are glad that you are looking forward to moving into the scriptures with you here here today as we continue on in this sermon series. Last week, Carolyn and I were sitting in our front room, and it was storming out a little bit. The wind was blowing, and all of a sudden, we hear this crack, and we look out the window, and falling right outside the window is this huge limb of our big tree. Now, I don't mean limb, I mean limb of our big tree. It's about 10 inches in diameter, about 30 feet long, just sitting there on the yard. And as things would have it, you know how these things go, the thing when it came off the tree crashed right into the grass. It missed the house altogether. It missed the landscaping altogether. It was just sitting there in the grass. One neighbor said, that must be your clean living why are you laughing? <laughs> Another neighbor who goes to Pathway said, no, nah, couldn't be that. <laughs> Thanks a lot, right? Well, fortunately for us, that uh, limb missed the house, and we were, of course, very glad for that. Also fortunate for us was that it was just a limb that came off the tree, and it wasn't that the whole tree came toppling over. Not everybody's that fortunate. And you know that that's the case because sometimes a tree doesn't have a sufficient root system to, to hold it firmly to the ground, especially when some sort of storm comes. And so it will get uprooted and it will get blown over. And sometimes people don't fare as well as we fared. Sometimes it does hit the house, as you can see here. And as you can see here. Yeah. Exactly. How would you like to be those people? And sometimes other objects get in the way as well. That's what you call a compact car. Right there, that's, that's what that is, to be sure. Well, obviously, a tree that hasn't put down an adequate root system is susceptible to all sort of bad problems coming about. And it's not just trees where we find that to be the case. Putting down roots, as we're thinking about today, putting down roots is also essential when it comes to the topic that we've been considering over the last several weeks. Today we are going to wrap up our sermon series, Love Where You Live. Love where you live. And as we've made our way along, just to kind of give you a little bit of a rewind, as we've made our way along, right from the very start, we started talking about what it means to be a good and a godly neighbor, what that looks like in the neighbors, neighborhoods that we live in, whether those neighbors are close to home or maybe some of them that we're in relationship with might be across town, but these people that God has put in our paths that we're choosing to go a little bit deeper with in our relationship. What it means to be a good and godly neighbor. We've talked about the fences that we are inclined oftentimes to put up and the, the barriers that we establish between ourselves and other people. And oftentimes we do that quite intentionally because we might have some fear or there might be some issue that we think of relative to time that we just don't have enough to invest and so we keep people at arm's length we put up fences 
artificially between us and other people. We've taken a look at what it means to to engage with someone knowing that quite likely you're going to encounter differences, even significant differences that exist between you and them, and what do you do when that happens? And we've talked about the fact that when it comes to being a good neighbor, we need, first of all, to not start identifying what they need to do differently or how they need to act or respond, but rather look internally and intentionally about who we are and where we're going in the way that we're living our lives. Last week we talked about the fact that it starts at home. It starts right with us. And as we've made our way along again and again and again, we've seen that this, this isn't just something that we've thrown out there as being important and something that you should do to be a good neighbor if you, if you can find the time or if you can get around to it, like it's something that's optional. It's not optional at at all. In fact, Jesus, when he was asked, what is most important? What's the most important commandment? And we looked at this passage as well. Jesus responded and said to them this. We call it the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We continue to go back to that again and again and again. And today we're going to wrap up this series by talking about what it means, what it looks like to love your neighbor, and specifically the importance of putting down roots in order to do that. Now there are a lot of people who don't have much in the way of roots in their neighborhood. It just happens to be the place where your house is. But in terms of actually being deep in relationships there, that so much doesn't characterize you. So much so, in fact, that should you need to pick up and and move out of town and go away, that there wouldn't be all that much angst inside of you about the fact that you're picking up and going because there's not that much that's being torn away from you. But once we've put down roots in our neighborhood, which is exactly what we're called to do, to love our neighbors ourselves, to put down roots in relationship with other people, when we even move away from our neighborhood, there should be the sense of something's being sort of ripped apart, something's being torn apart. The roots that we have put down are having to be severed in some, in some unusual way, sometimes leaving maybe some jagged ends behind because the, the pain feels so significant. If you can entertain picking up and leaving the environment and the people that you're in with little or no sorrow or angst, it could very well be that your root system is just too shallow. Ask yourself, what would it be like if I just picked up and left? Would that be hard? Would I be missing the, the people around? Would they be missing me? If the answer is no, then it perhaps suggests that we have some work to continue to do among our neighbors. So what fosters that sort of root growth? What, when we put down roots, we're thinking about putting down these sort of love connections that continue on. How do you develop that sort of love that lasts? And that's what we want to talk about today. We're just going to really talk about two things. There's just two points that I want to make for you today, and we'll get to those as we go. And the first of those comes out, we're going to start in, a, in a, probably our seminal passage, what we're going to start to center around as we get this rolling. Then we're going to go to a couple other passages quickly as well. We'll put them all on the screen so you can follow along that way, or you're welcome to follow along as we go. 1 John chapter 3 is actually where we're going to get started. 1 John chapter 3 is sort of the central passage. If you'd like to have that open in your lap, that'll probably be helpful to you. Now, this initial passage is given to us as a model to look to when it comes to loving when you 
where you live. And the key is to put down roots. Let me show you what this passage has to say. It goes like this. 1 John 3, starting in verse 16, it says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. First key to being rooted in the neighborhood, living out a love that will last, is to this. Show up. First key, putting down roots to loving where you live is to show up. Jumping back into that verse that we just read, or the first of those verses, it says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That tells us a couple of different ways that Jesus showed up. First of all, that he literally showed up. That's, that's the first of these keys. John says elsewhere these words. He says, the word, that's Jesus, another way to refer to Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus, no doubt, had been enjoying the, the glories of of the heavenly realms when the in the fullness of time the moment came when it was time for him to enter into our world and he did he came into our world in that rather humble stable there in Bethlehem and things didn't get a whole lot better as things moved on from there he lived in a very ordinary place doing an ordinary job eventually getting to the point around age 30 where he he starts into his earthly ministry proclaiming the father proclaiming what it was that he was there to do and and on and on that went and he was there and he was doing what he had come to do he'd shown up to accomplish that but he wasn't rewarded in any great way to do so as he is there he gets mocked and he gets ridiculed and he gets opposed and eventually he goes to the cross and the thing is Jesus knew that that's exactly what was going to happen to even before he came and he showed up anyway that is incredible that is very powerful to say the least. One of the reasons that many of us have such a hard time engaging with others and investing in the lives of other people is because it makes us uncomfortable. Because we're afraid of what might happen as we start to engage in that relationship, or we, as we try to develop it. What, what are they going to do? How are they going to respond to me? Maybe they're going to shun me. Maybe they're going to push me away, and I don't know that my ego can take that, so it's just going to be easier for me to just sort of close myself behind my door and not put myself out there. That is not showing up, is what that is. And if we don't show up, we can be sure that we're not going to be putting down any roots. And if we don't put down roots, then there doesn't have to be a storm that comes to create some sort of ruckus between us and our neighbors, just the gentlest opposition. Just the gentlest breeze of differences between us can be the very thing that topples over that relationship completely. Because we've done nothing to establish roots. We've done nothing to take it past the place of some superficial relationship. So our roots are only superficial. And whenever some sort of some trial or problem comes, it's very easy for that relationship to go sideways and to topple over. Jesus overcame that by showing up in a big way, merely entering into our world, spoke volumes about what it looks like to love 
other people. And he did it over and over again. He showed up with the disciples. He called them to, to be his own and to come and to follow him. And they did. And he poured into their lives. He showed up by teaching them and training them and, and loving them and hanging out with them. And it put down roots. In fact, those roots went down so deep that when the time came for them to stand up for Christ, they did so in such a way that they were even willing to go to their own deaths. That's how significant roots can be and when we put them down. Jesus also showed up at the house of the tax collectors and, and sinners. More roots being put down. He showed up at the house of Lazarus after he had died so that he might encourage Lazarus' sisters. And the text tells us that he wept with them. More roots being developed. Showing up says, I care. You matter. I see you. It's very powerful when we show up. It speaks volumes. Part of showing up is just being there. But also when we show up, it becomes something else. It becomes this launch pad from which we can step forward and actually take action that is going to benefit that person that we have shown up for. And oftentimes it's a one-two step that happens without us even really recognizing it or realizing it. Sometimes there's a simple show up. The person who comes and stands by the bedside at, uh, at the hospital and they don't really say anything, but they're there. And other times it launches off into some Something that is done to provide for some special need that might exist. And so what we have here is, in our passage, is John focusing on action as well. Not just showing up, but showing up in terms of, of doing something. Showing up for a person in that sense. So he wrote this, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We've already read this. And we ought also, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. There's no greater demonstration of love or step of action than when Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. I can't think of anything that would be a greater demonstration of, of what sacrifice looks like in order to put down roots. Of course, when we consider the actions of Jesus, it's easy for us to, to dismiss them, right? Say, well, well that's, that's, uh, that's beautiful, and that's wonderful, but it's not really a model because, because He was God, and so we would expect him to somehow go above and beyond, but certainly what, what he does isn't what would be expected of us. And I get how we would make that sort of excuse, and I think, I think John has an idea that we'd be people who would be inclined to make that sort of excuse. So did you see how he went on right at the end of verse 16? See what he added? He said, yeah, Jesus laid down his life, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's like, I'm not letting you off the hook. This applies to you too, he says. The sort of sacrifice that Christ made, the nature of his love demonstrated toward others is the same love that we ought to be demonstrating as well. Now he says brothers and sisters here, and first and foremost on his mind is that he is speaking to the idea that other believers in Christ are first and foremost in view. But it's not limited to that. Jesus was clear to make sure that we understood it went deeper and further than that because he's the one who told us, don't forget, love your neighbor as yourself. And certainly this same example that Christ gives us would apply as we take it further and deeper. Then John goes on as if to say, let me, let me give you an example of what it would look like to lay down your life for somebody else. So it goes on then in verse 17, and it says, if anyone has material possessions 
and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them. Now, pity on them, sometimes we think, oh, that sounds we should feel bad for them. That's not what this is saying. It's not saying that the problem is if you don't feel bad for them, but rather if you don't do something about the need that you find, if you don't have pity on them, if you don't do something about it, how can the love of God be in that person? He's saying, here's a very tangible, practical step that you can take on behalf of somebody else. And the truth is, there are all sorts of practical needs that are out there that need to be met. And sometimes we're like, well, I, if, if I knew what they were, I'd do something about it. Well, I think that we can discover what they are. In fact, I would suggest to you that if you're willing to pray and ask God to open your eyes to needs that exist around you, that very, very soon you're going to recognize them. You're going to see what there is that you could do, how you could jump in in service to somebody else. And as you start to pray and as you continue to pray about those sorts of things, what's going to happen is that your heart, your spirit is going to become sensitized to needs that you see around you. And and there won't be any shortage of ones that you could step into and be a neighbor to and demonstrate love to and put down roots with. Now, I'm not suggesting you have to meet every need that you ever see or perceive But if we're ever in a place where we've recognized it's there and we feel the call of God to to do something about that and we shun it and we push it away, then what John is telling us here is that the love of God is missing in that moment if it's not missing from that person altogether. This is very penetrating. It's very convicting. We recognize what we're really being called to here. Then he concludes this, this little opening section that we have looked at by saying this, Dear children, Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. There is a problem that existed in the ancient world that is a lot like the same problem that exists in our world today. And that problem is that it's really easy to talk, but it's not always so easy to follow through. Have you ever had somebody who said, yeah, I'll be there for you. Yeah, I I understand your need. You need some help? Count on me. I'm going to be, and then they don't show up. I'm guessing you've probably had that happen. That happens all the time. So much so, in fact, that we've coined a phrase. Talk is cheap. That's right. You know. You know what it is. Talk is cheap. It costs nothing to say something, but action comes at a price. And because action comes at a price, that's the very thing that oftentimes causes people to step back and say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to engage. I don't think I'm going to do that. But what we need to recognize is that also the fact that There's a cost that comes along with action. That's also the best way to demonstrate how genuine you are in your heart and in your spirit. Say, I'll help, and they know, well, there's a cost to this. And you're like, yeah, I know. I'm in. I'm all in. Count me in. I'll be there. And we show up and we demonstrate by our action that we're all in, that we are their genuine article, that we really do love. And when that happens, the integrity of that moment causes roots to just go shooting downward. That's what we're being called to right here. And when it happens, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that is so powerful in lives. When Carolyn and I had just been married a a short time, it was just like seven months, she was on her way to work one morning and got in a horrible car accident. She was traveling down, on her way to work down this two-lane road and it was like 55 miles an hour. And she got sort of 
bumped from behind, which was just enough to push her off course, and her car veered off over into the oncoming traffic. And she got T-boned at 55 miles an hour on the driver or on the passenger side door. And the sight of the car was, I don't even have words for it. It was devastating. I didn't, thankfully, I saw her before I saw the car because I never would have believed that she would survive it. There was literally no space for even the smallest child inside the passenger compartment except this tiny little cockpit that was left of the driver's seat. The impact had hit right behind the, the passenger door seat, and it turned that passenger bucket seat right into her seat, and it just created this little cockpit. Now, it's not that she wasn't injured. She was. She spent some days in the hospital, ended up having to spend months on bed rest at home ordered by the doctor before she could get back to life as normal. I was in seminary at the time and was working at a church, and so, of course, we're sharing the prayer request with the church, and, and some people came up to me afterwards and wanted to, after one of the meetings, and, and wanted to talk some more. And, and these are people who were very prominent in their careers. They both had prominent radio shows on a prominent radio station in Chicago, and they're like, but we want to help. And I said, no, you know, I, I, I think we're kind of in a pattern now. I think that I can probably take care of it. And they sort of looked at me with a look that said, right, sure you can. You're a 20-something-year-old seminary student, like you can do that. And, but they dropped it there until the next day they showed up at our apartment with mops and brooms and buckets and cleaners and rags. And they, they made it clear how what they thought my house cleaning abilities were, but uh, they showed up with all of this stuff, and they just cleaned that place from top to bottom, and she came back a couple more times and did the same thing. They showed up when our need genuinely was great, and I can tell you this, it caused roots to go down deep in that relationship. Now, we had a good relationship with them to begin with, but there was something unique that happened that's hard to explain other than it's love being demonstrated. And when that happens in your life, roots just are established. It makes all the difference in the world to see love on display and to see it in action. They could have easily, many, many people said, we're praying for you, we're praying for you. And I'm sure they were. And that meant something. But this meant something else just to see that sort of love in action. Now, there might be a temptation to read what we've been looking at, what John wrote here, and draw the conclusion that actions are more real or, or a higher form of love than what speech is. And we can see why, because of what we have been talking about, the fact that sometimes words can be somewhat hollow. And I understand that. After all, what he writes there is, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Just sort of read that way, just on the surface, but he's, he's not trying to discredit speech as a form of love. I want to be sure we understand that. He's trying to impart the importance of action, right? He's just trying to highlight action. And so he's sort of pitting them against one another, but I don't want to suggest to you that speech is somehow 
wrong or discredited. In fact, if you look at the broader testimony of the Scriptures, our words are also very important, and they're also definitely a demonstration of love. So, if you want to pour down If you want to put down roots, yes, absolutely you need to show up, but you also need to speak up. Show up, yes, but also speak up. What we say is beautiful, and it's a powerful way to communicate what's going on in our hearts. The wisdom of Proverbs says this, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Or Paul highlights Speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Or a little bit later, he adds this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths because we're capable of doing that. We know that. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit, words may benefit those who listen. There's no no doubt that our words do much to express our love and to put down roots in relationships. Now, it's true that we can speak words that don't communicate love, but here's something interesting. We can also act in ways that don't really demonstrate love. You can show up and do something, and it's still possible that it doesn't demonstrate love. Take a look at what the Apostle Paul says. This is kind of a familiar verse. Many of you had this in your wedding. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I would say giving all that you possess, giving your body over to hardship and, and torture, I'd say that's pretty, a pretty significant action to take. Paul says you can do that and still not love. You can do it out of some other sort of motive is what he's telling us here. So to show up and speak up can both be empty and they can both be powerful. What makes the difference is what Paul says, just a couple little words right here at the end of our passage. Let me just read it again. It says, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. In truth. To love in truth is to love with genuine compassion and a sincere heart. It's very much the opposite of of working with some sort of motivation that is just doing things because of what's in it for us. It's possible that somebody would act in a situation sort of as a way to give them something to, to boast about or to try to manipulate the opinion of somebody else about what sort of person that you are, or to build up your own reputation. In that situation, the only person that you're loving is yourself. And people are going to see right through it. And when they do, what you are trying to suggest is something special on your part, but is really just your boast. You're not putting down any roots at all. In fact, what you're doing is that you're tearing them out because they see the insincerity of what's going on, and it's going to leave you at a place where you've got no roots. You're simply suggesting that you're not the real thing. Truth is that true love can and must be demonstrated through both showing up and speaking up. Don't treat either one of them with preference or either one of them with neglect. 
They're both very important. Many fail as lovers by thinking that they can replace words with deeds. Other people fail because they think that words alone are just enough. The key comes in both. Look at this word from Paul. Whatever you do, in word and deed, in word or deed, both, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So every week we've continued to come back to this idea, this challenge that I've thrown out there to take a significant step of personal connection with someone else with whom you don't have that right now. And we've defined that as at least starting by taking an an hour of time with them, to talk to them, to to deepen the relationship, to come to understand more of who they are and and what makes them tick and, and just learning more about them. And I know that some of you have done that because some of you have told me about your situation. I'd still love to hear your story but I suspect that there are a lot of us who haven't quite gotten that done just yet. I want to challenge you to continue to press forward to get this done. Not because it's a challenge of a part of a series that we've given, but because this is simply who we're called to be as followers of Jesus Christ, that we might demonstrate the love that is characteristic of Jesus himself, that we might put down roots in relationship. Because that's what our relationships are supposed to be, meaningful and strong and robust. So whether you've taken the challenge or not, today is a new launch pad for us. This is a priority. Again, not because it's a part of this series, but because we've been told to love our neighbor as ourself. So if you've taken the challenge, keep going deeper with that person or those people. There's no limits to how deep roots can go. And the deeper they go, the more significant the relation becomes. Or if you haven't gotten it done, jump in and launch from this moment into taking that step. Again, so that we might love our neighbors as ourselves. You're putting down roots and you're turning relationships that were insignificant into life-on-life connections. And that's what it means to love where you live. Now, I've also thrown out another challenge to you that we might go forward in assisting a, a sister church here in the valley, there in Rochester, and uh, you have been responding to that, and uh, we just wanted to show you a little bit about uh, the pantry that we are working to assist with, and people are bringing out just some of what you see has already been brought back a pathway for filling up this food pantry of Second Baptist Church there in Rochester. And I'm so encouraged just to see all of what you have been doing already. It just keeps coming out here. There's, there's more than we have uh, room for almost here on this stage. But isn't this cool? Don't you love this? I love this too. But you know what this is? This is showing up which is awesome. Showing up is a vitally important step, but it's one side of the equation, right? There's also the speaking up side. 
And there's the opportunity that we'll have coming up with them to do just that. But it's left for all of us. And as we come to sort of wrap up this series that we have been in, and specifically this message that we're talking about today, I want to be sure that we move forward on, on both of these scores, that we would not let one overwhelm the other. For many of us, this is easy to go to the store and to buy something and bring it back, and that's dead easy. And there's really very little investment that comes with that. It doesn't mean it's not cool, and they're going to be super blessed to receive this. And it means that we're more than talk, which is great, but there's more to be done in all of our relationships. And so as we wrap this up, let me just remind you again, show up and speak up. Show up and speak up. Look for those places. Look for those circumstances, those relationships where you can engage and then go in and go strong and put down roots. This is something that needs to be a lifestyle, not just something that we get focused on when we do a sermon series about it, but this is the way we live day in and day out. So as you look across the street, as you look next door, may these things always be running in your mind. Show up, speak up, speak up, show up, so that we might love our neighbor as ourself and thus fulfill the call of God on our lives. And with that in mind, let me just wrap up this series about loving where we live in this message about speaking up and showing up with this benediction. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Our Heavenly Father, this has been challenging, to be sure, to ask ourselves, where are we in relationship with others who are around us? For some of us, we have no roots in our neighborhood. Nothing that if, if we were torn away from our residence and had to move away, that there's, there's no roots that are going to be torn because there are no roots that have been established. That's not loving where we live. Lord, I do ask, I do pray that you would convict us in this regard. Because apart from relationship, we're going to have no opportunity to speak of the deeper, more meaningful things of our lives, the, the things that we really value, the relationship that we have with you, and the desire we have that other people would experience the same thing. Roots grow deep, and as they grow deep, they give people the reason to stay connected. Even when they hear from us things that are, are challenging, that might offend them because the gospel is always offensive to one who's walking apart from truth. So I just pray that this isn't something that would go out of mind because it's no longer a series that we're in, but Lord, that day by day we would just engage, we'd enter in, that we'd be asking ourselves, how can I take a step into this relationship instead of trying to protect myself from having to walk near, having to love more. So Lord, I just pray this Pathway Church that you would use us as a bright light in this valley and beyond 
This isn't just something for us at one age or stage. This is something that we can do just as powerfully when we're, when we're young, when we're a kid or, or a youth or an adult or a senior, whatever stage we're at. We can continue to put down roots. So Lord, help us this day and every day going forward to speak up and to show up. To speak up and show up. Because that's the call you've placed on us. And we seek to do it to honor you and to bless all those who are around us and to put down deep roots. We thank you for the model that we have in Christ and it's his name, in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I do so sincerely pray that this is just simply going to be life as you live it. It won't always go well. Sometimes there will be challenges. Sometimes you'll get rebuffed. That's okay. That's okay. You can rejoice in the fact that you know that you've been following after God's call on your life. So let's not let down in this. Let's make this simply a demonstration of who we are as believers in Christ and who we are as Pathway Church. I hope you've taken the challenge to get more connected with your neighbors. But if you haven't, now is the time. We are called to live a life that extends beyond our own walls, reaching out in love to those around us. Be encouraged today that the grace of God the Father is with us as we go. We're so glad you've been worshiping with us today. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday on Facebook Live.